0: Real hot. Who's hot? I'm hot. Yeah, you're so not now. So hot. Not now. Check, 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 check. Good. It's a lot of checking going on. Yeah. Check it, check it, yep. check. One, two. That's See, I'm all in the red right there. I don't want to be in the red. Right. Picky, <laughs> picky. Test, test. Hi. Yeah, that blew out right there. But I don't usually talk that loud.
1: But y- You sound fine, at least in Zoom. So I'm sure it'll be fine. You oh, sound okay.
2: better now. Yeah.
0: I sound good. All right. now,
1: I don't this know about that.
2: Well, stop Well, I don't know. That's going to take a lot to sound good.
0: <laughs> well,
1: it's a lot of auto-tune. Rocco's got to add the magic.
2: Yeah. That's it. He really add does. Sprinkle the magic. Thank, magic. Thank you. Whoever Could. picks that.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. It wasn't even my fault. It was an extra little dash that made a... Uh, Did I do it? What do you it? call that? Like one, two, three, four, you know, bullets, whatever. That. That's what broke it. Might have been me. Was it me? All I'm saying was... <laughs> it's fine. I'll take it.
3: If it was me, All it's... I'm saying is, Leo, start the show.
1: Let's go. Start
0: <laughs> the show. Let's hit it.
1: Coming up in this episode, we cover Open OpenSUSE and... I record my thoughts on Audacity. Hey, and welcome to the Linux user space. I'm Leo. I'm Dan. I'm Rocco. And I'm Joe. Joe? Joe, are you there? Can you hear me? Joe,
0: are you, you saying me? something? What? You guys, I,
1: Joe? I, I think, think you sh- Joe, are you having technical sh- sh- difficulties?
0: N- no. Again. Not me. Not, I, don't, <laughs> I don't do technical difficulties. Like, I mean, I just remember seeing some slack messages this week well, i mean there's there was that thing um it kind of happened. Like, nothing serious I, I might I mean, I might have blown out my whole system on accident That's a good what thing you had you backups do? right <laughs> yeah I, what, well, yeah, so those you know, backups worked out yeah backups mm-hmm. are great and l- mm-hmm. let me just tell you, like anybody who hasn't backed up their system recently, manjaro. Forums, like anything, like anybody who who hasn't done that recently, you might wanna might wanna look into it. So, yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't have any, I didn't have any backups of uh, I, this system. No, you really, know, dude, not one. I had all my files backed up, but I had no nothing. Yeah, so funny story. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing all the way to a podcast. <laughs> funny story. <laughs> What ha- happened was, uh, so I was uh, wanting to play Elite Dangerous. Right. I tried to install it in Steam on Pop! OS. As you do. With, yep. yeah, I, I did all the things. And then I realized, no, it doesn't work. And I read all these forums and said, no, I'm going to make it work. And then they were like, yeah, it kind of doesn't work. And it kind of does. And then anyways, I tried it. So I said, you know what? This is stupid. I want to just play this game and I don't want to have to look at a 15 inch screen. And when I hook up my screen, the XPS to external monitors, it just doesn't run as great. So I'm just going to put Windows on another drive so I can play Elite Dangerous. Strike one.
2: Yeah. This isn't so Windows user space. I'm just. I did put that my out
0: there. due diligence. I wrote down all of my disks and. Partitions and what they were. And I went into the Windows installer and promptly clicked the wrong disk. (laughs) Oh, so, so wait, wait, you can't even blame this on Windows, then. No, 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 no. This is all, this is, this is, this is all me going. This is, this is all, this is something I have teased the life out of people about and I have never done. And I just I have no idea. Like I my stomach hurts so bad after and I knew I knew it the second I looked at the drives again. I said, Whoa, what hmm. that doesn't look right. Because I have three drives in here and mul- you know multiple, multiple partitions on each one. And yeah, yeah, I just blew out the whole Pop OS install. So
1: wow. Whoops. Wait, so are, are all your drives the same size? No. Oh, so there was that too. Well, oh, the, two, the red two, flags were waving the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Two oh. of them. Two of them are. Two of, okay. no, two of them are
0: actually. Still. Yeah. So the, the problem was the drive I wanted to put Windows on was a 500 gig SSD, but I had Pop! OS on a 500 gig partition, and, and then it had 500 gigs of empty space. And then I had another terabyte drive that had only had Manjaro on it. So, like that one was easy. I was like, "Yep, yeah, not touching that one." And then, yeah, I don't know.
1: I just you I know now, I clicked now, the now wrong that I partition. think about it, now that I think about it, Windows doesn't differentiate between disk really, except for in the text. It's all. Yeah. It just shows you a list of partitions. Yeah. It, if it had said NVMe, I would have known not to touch that drive. I imagine all it said was unallocated space,
0: right? It's an unallocated space. Yeah. Disk 0, Disk 1, and Disk 2. Uh-huh. And and even in Linux, it's not Disk 0. It's Disk 1. It's NVMe 1. And it's oh, Disk okay. 1 and Disk 2. It's, s you know, SDA and SDB or whatever. Mm-hmm. So when I went to look, I just...
1: Poof. It said 500. It was the wrong 500. It was the wrong 500. Yeah. So... Oh, man.
3: So what did you... Do then? What did you, what
1: did you install? Uh, so, Why didn't you install Pop back? <laughs> I guess because, so. <laughs> I well, we haven't even talked about this. You're not on Pop OS, number one.
0: I, I'm not on Pop OS, and I didn't replace Pop OS with it. And and I have maybe good reason, maybe not. You're on Debian uh, seven. I'm on Debian seven, Uh and I'm running uh, kernel three dot one two. It's good and
2: stable, Joe. That that'll help.
0: <laughs> but I've got the backports <laughs> coming back. What down did to. you
2: install, Joe?
0: Um so I wanted to start playing around with Jack. Um, but and I thought Ubuntu Studio was the way to go with that. And I could not didn't think I could handle like generic X Face for just it's just not my not my bag. So I thought, you know what, the dailies are out. I'm gonna go get the uh, Ubuntu Studio 20.10 because it's going to KDE. So I went to install that. I uh, ran into a few glitches. I think mostly I created myself by not clearing the drive properly, but. There's a theme happening here. <laughs> he was already in but a Dan, mental. Bad Dan was right state there with there. me. I, and felt, I, I felt so bad. Dan's like, no, it's try this. Really? Let me that go download work. it. I'm like, ah, they, you know, don't waste your Sunday, Dan. Like, He, I think he got
2: me to install it on my laptop as well. Yeah. Only I had 100% more success.
0: You did. He did. I, I went to install, uh, so I was trying to work around that. I thought, you know, what? it's just the dumb daily. So I go, you know what? I had good success running 2010. Ubuntu, and I'm like, well, I bet the KDE, the, the Kubuntu one's good. So I installed that, and then I installed the um, Ubuntu Studio stuff over that. Uh, and then it hit me. Hey, I probably didn't clear that drive out. So then I went back and installed Ubuntu Studio, and it just, boom, fired right up. And great, and all the things I was thinking about, whoever made it, went away, and now I love them again. So um, yeah, so Ubuntu Studio, amazing, beautiful. Well themed, awesome KDE default install, uh, but that's not what I'm on right now because I didn't have time to set it all up. So I just booted <laughs> into Manjaro,
1: and here I am. <laughs> well, here we are, and then and then, how long did it take you to get ready ready today? Ah, uh, a half hour. Nah, no, that's that's
0: nuts. 20 minutes
1: that's 20 minutes. nothing a few, a few
3: audacity problems yes, I did have some audacity issues here uh,
0: the what the, the one out of the repos for Manjaro didn't do as well as the uh, the flat pack so the flat pack fired up went well good good to go I, it's a, it's really a non-story guys I don't know where we're talking yeah, about yeah of course yeah. not I'm really so, glad you
2: made it Joe and there's only one person to blame here hmm. yeah you
1: can blame me <laughs> got him <laughs>
0: All right, OpenSUSE tumbleweed. Let's talk about the roots of OpenSUSE tumbleweed. Da-dun-dun. See what I did there? So, no. founded 1992 by Roland Diroff, Thomas Fair, Birch. All these European names. Let me just tell you guys. I'm glad you're announcing them. They're they're great people with great names. I just I don't know them. So, uh, <laughs> Burchard Steinbild and Huber Mantel. That was like the easiest
1: one. I know, you skipped the easiest one. Uh, so, uh, remind me, what does SUSE, uh, what, what did it originally stand for? Well, Software and Systems
0: Development, but you got to say it in German. Oh, of course. And, and it's, I can't say it in German. Because the it's,
1: E doesn't make sense unless right, you say doesn't. it in German. It's software und System
0: Entwicklung. And I, That's pretty maybe close, Maybe somebody I from Germany, that was brave, right? right? That was brave.
1: I don't know enough about German to. Uh, I to don't say know that why why software me, so cool.
0: and system are are the same in German, but the other two words are aren't. So I don't know, but uh, und I always like saying und. But that is susa, software und system entwicklung, software and systems development, 1992 guys. Like that's where they got the name. That's that's, that's a long one time of the ago. OG.
1: Yeah, that's good stuff. Like. If you Oops. are fluent in German, I'm going to need an email from you telling yes. me, or or even with like audio, of you saying Please. this so I know how to say it.
2: An audio clip would be great. Yes. That would be that great. Would be, you could give it to us on Telegram amazing. even.
0: Mm-hmm. You could. But we'd like an email. We'd like an email as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we really need to get Dan an email, guys. Somebody send us an email. I don't care what it says. Uh, okay. So 1998, it actually becomes SUSE. They they eventually just drop the software and Like, that's done. Like, they're just like, you know what? We're SUSE. And it's SUSE, I believe, is the proper um, way to say it. Uh, again, one of the more iconic mascots, the logo, right? We talked about uh, the one for Red Hat and uh, Shadow Man. Yep. But mm-hmm. I mean, this has got to be like right there. Um, green Gecko and. You know what he's called? You guys know his name? He has a name? He has a name.
1: What? Okay, name what is, is his name?
0: His name is Geeko. that's perfect.
1: G-E-E-K-O. Oh, that's, <laughs> <Wow>. that's awesome. Because, <laughs> you know, geeks and nerds naming I convention. have thought so, a few different times that I need yeah. to buy one of these, and that's just another, yeah, I'm going to have to do it. I have to yeah. do it now. Yeah, he's he's pretty iconic. So Gecko the Geeko, Geeko the
0: Gecko, whatever. So the original idea for the boys over there at uh, the SUSE project was to, they developed software and then they would function as an advisory Unix group. So they weren't really a distro from the start. They were more of just a group of people, uh, a company that was going to help people get through uh, using Unix. Um, They decided to then distribute Linux. So now, again, they're still not their own distro, but they're distributing other um, Linux packages. Uh, they offered uh, SLS, which was soft landing Linux. Anybody ever use soft landing Linux? No. 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 And Slackware. I know that rings some bells there. So. Yep. So 1994 version 1.0 of SUSE based on Slackware in German is now available on floppy disks. And did you know you can still buy a boxed version of OpenSUSE or of SUSE in German only? Right now, wait. Too wow! Late. You can buy a new box with a DVD, and they'll ship it to you. I don't want the uh, DVD. I just want the box. Can no, they just ship we, me the box so I, I can if, put it, you know, right behind me? Just, so you know, just, just more stuff to show up. I, the link, hey, the link is in the show notes. You can go oh, buy it yourself. You got it. It's like 39 billion rubles. I don't know whatever whatever the <laughs> currency is. I don't, It's uh, but it's uh, German only. So that will help you polish up your German. Go install Susa in German better have google um, so,
2: translate handy.
0: Yes, yeah. very much so. Uh 1996 we were plugging right along, version 4.2 of SUSE comes out and it is now based on Jurix. How about that one? That one ring a bell for you guys? Jurix? Not at all. Oh, nope, not no. at all. We we are we are like way past us here. We're guys like yeah. 1996 I was graduating high school and uh going out into the world, not playing with Jurix. Right? Uh but what came from Jurex was the creator, Florian LaRoche. Uh, he joins the team and he starts developing Yast Queen. Yes, <laughs> Yeah. Yes. And super secret question shipped with version 4.2 for SUSE Linux and version 0.42 of Yast. What is the significance? Of the four and the two,
1: is is that the answer to everything? Right? Ah, is that it? Is that what it, it was? Yeah. What is it? Forty two? Oh, that's uh, forty two. Yeah, forty two. But where's that from? Oh, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide.
0: Yeah, that's it. They, yeah. That, they based those number schemes off of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Well, I thought cool. that was a pretty neat little tidbit. So well, anytime, yep.
1: anytime I see forty two, I'm like, mm,
0: yeah, is it?
1: Is it? It could yeah. be.
0: Yeah. So 2003, we've gone forward a few years. Susa is purchased by Novell. We remember Novell from the 90s. Two hundred and ten
1: million dollars. This, this is when time. the numbers were still sane. When yes. when tech companies bought other tech companies, it, it's mm-hmm. you know they weren't yeah. seventy gajillion dollars, just it made was, up numbers.
2: <laughs> it was still a lot up. for the time, though. That's, That's a, lot. a lot. It's true. Yeah, yeah.
0: two hundred and ten million. Somebody can do that in the way back machine on Google and find out what it was in real dollars. But uh, yeah, uh, Novell at this time vows to keep SuSA development on its own and operating. Uh, and that's a theme. And I think we should pay attention to that theme as we go through the history here, because I think this is what has kept SuSA moving forward, is their being able to be independent and develop without having this control over everything they're doing. Um, yep. We also see YAST2. Uh, Anybody know what YAST stands for? Anybody? Uh,
3: yes, I I had a guess, but it wasn't right,
1: so okay. we'll just leave that go. <laughs> I, I think we want to hear that guess. What was that? No,
3: we don't. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that, that's
0: uh, that's
1: uh, that's the Patreon tier. You got to have that. Yeah, okay, right. Patreon tier. Okay. Uh, yes, yet another setup tool.
0: Mm. So previously, this had been proprietary management software only that came with uh, SuSE Linux. And it was now released under the GPL license and it shipped and everybody had access to it. 2005, Novell announces that SUSE 10.0 would now become even more open with OpenSUSE. And that's where we get Open SuSE from. This was now going to allow um, development from within the community. Prior to that, everything was done in-house. They had a team of engineers working on SUSE in-house uh, solid, whereas now they're recruiting the... Community and allowing them to contribute, so that's pretty exciting news for the time. Uh, big, big thing. Uh, Yast being opened up to the community was big deal as well.
1: Well, it, because Yast is their secret sauce, right? I mean, this is the thing that uh, that that makes OpenSUSE OpenSUSE. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 the
0: thing they have, right? Everybody, every distro's got a thing, maybe. Actually, some of them don't.
1: <laughs> some of them, yeah, don't. some of them don't have a, like, don't have
0: a thing. But so, some uh, of them have
1: just really good uh, uh, Twitter Twitter folks. That that's yes, yeah. mm. yep. Come check out our thing. We think it's a thing. Uh, Rocco, you had
0: some uh, experience about this timeline.
3: Well, I don't know exactly the timeline. It was somewhere after two thousand five, and I had tried OpenSUSE and ran it for about eight or nine months. And it was fantastic, dude. It was the best KDE version you could find out there, bar none. It was so polished. It felt like it was a professional desktop. Like I had tried other ones, and I'm not even going to mention the ones I tried because that would be bad, but they all felt like they were, you know, up and coming, you know, okay, good, but. OpenSUSE had that premium feel to it when it just, everything was aligned, everything was themed the right way, everything was just, if you were going to look at, may say, compare it to a Windows, man, that was a really good comparison. Wow, high praise.
0: High praise. Unfortunately, that didn't last long after that. (laughs) It's it's hard to keep up, <laughs> um, but they also you know at this time they're um, they they have an up to date gnome option as well, and again the probably the most polished KDE, and they were on KDE yep. early. I mean, yeah. if I was looking back through the history, like, I mean, if you think about where they originated in the '90s, and then when they really started releasing, yeah, they were on early, early KDE. Which, um, hey, bless them, because yep. there was some stuff to work on there. Um, going forward, 2011. So here's where it gets a little sticky for the future of SUSE, perhaps. Novell Mm -hmm. is purchased by Attachmate Group. Now they split Novell and SUSE into separate subsidiaries. Again, keeping SUSE
1: running autonomously, which again, important. Right before this happened was the, was the same time I was given my first pair of DNS servers to keep up to date. Uh, this is, this is when I get to learn about A records and how all that works. And I was told that if you broke the A records, you broke the entire network for the college. So (laughs) I was like, Oh, Hey man, thanks for, uh, yeah, good. Awesome. And uh, I had a bunch of help desk guys under me that, uh, that I had to wrangle as well. That was fun. But I do remember, uh, this is when I learned how to SSH. Into things. This was the very first time that uh, SSH became really important to me. I I knew how to use it before, uh, but this was. It is now your job to SSH into something and don't break bind. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It was. It was fun. And and before this, I mean, I had a lot of experience with Novell on Windows. Um, If if anybody did Novell admin back then, you knew the struggle of installing Novell on a Windows. anything windows xp and windows 7 and it was it was not fun it broke a lot now
0: uh sidebar so i'm i'm surprised so novell their big claim to fame in the in the 90s was right they were the network stack Mm -hmm. uh to go into server. but but then but then that all got integrated into windows nt and and all that anyway so what were they providing that late in the game
1: it was okay so you do you have an idea of what active directory is yeah oh yeah so 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 yeah okay it, it was it, basically it was a, yeah, uh, being being able to apply policies to computers and it they handled all of the login stuff. So you had to take out Windows's login stuff and replace it with Novell's login stuff. So before I ever learned Active Directory, I learned console one. <laughs> yeah, it, that was fun. Awesome. Uh, fun walk down memory lane. I know. I know.
0: So not just, uh, so three years later, just three years later, another merger, Micro Focus uh, comes in. Buys or mergers with Attachmate Group, so now OpenSUSE or SUSE at at large is now in its third or fourth ownership here. But thankfully, uh, they are kept uh, and spun out. Novell is spun off into its own company, so it can peter off and die or whatever happened to it. And SUSE it comes into its own and uh, stays on a regular, uh, a fairly regular cadence. Um, and it becomes its own business unit, which means a lot of things. It means it gets to start working on its own. Uh, you know, it's not tied in with the company as far as marketing and all that stuff goes. Now they have some very focused tools at their hands to really push things forward. 2015, that's really where we get into the kind of the modern view of OpenSUSE and SUSE. OpenSUSE, they come out with Leap, which is pretty much a standard point release. It's, you know, it's your it's your safe installation uh, so to speak it's going to be a little more conservative you have a release about once a year fairly i, I they were kind of november ish and then may june ish it kind of just seemed like they were releasing when they wanted with the most current one at 15.2 and tumbleweed which we all have been trying out which became its rolling released and this is as soon as packages hit the factory and go through their development code base which is what they call the factory then it gets released into the wild. In 2019, we are again uh, into another merger slash acquisition. EQT Partners purchases SUSE for this number actually was pretty big. I thought, $2. yep, two point five billion dollars. I mm-hmm. thought, wow. Yeah. And then I thought, how much was Red Hat? Red Hat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thirty-four billion dollars. The same year, IBM acquired Red Hat for thirty-four billion dollars. But I think what this shows for both is there's a lot of value in this uh, enterprise-grade Linux for the desktop, uh, because that's what both um, with uh, with Fedora and with uh, SUSE, you know, these are desktop environments that are that are running, not just server stuff. So, really, really interesting details there. Okay, so OpenSUSE, basic uh, details about it. Uh, we talked about the base system. It's factory, it's called. It's their own uh, setup, but it is where uh, their development code base lives. And it, we have two options. You have Leap, you have, uh, which is the yearly release cycle. You have Tumbleweed, which is rolling. Desktop environments, pick one. They have it. They're like everybody else. Yeah. Uh, I'd say KDE is probably their flagship, right? I, 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 I think mean so. Uh, but, uh, but they, they say... Uh, that GNOME and X, XFCE are, are also part of their flagship. So, yep. um, KDE's been the longest, but they have the others. Um, I read one post that was like, pick a pick a desktop environment, and it'll most likely work. So they have it uh, set up a little differently. How you install the desktop environments uh, was a, was pretty interesting when I started digging into that. Outside of GNOME, Xface, and KDE, the uh, package manager. So this one I know we could spend some time on. So it's libzip is the, the base there, and it provides Zipper on the command line and Yast as a GUI, um, and they use the RPM package format. So we got to use both of those a lot. Yeah. Yeah,
1: a lot.
2: I like Zipper on the command line. It really, the format and the feedback that it gives you, it seems really good, and it, it keeps you informed. I had a lot of learning, and... It was a good learning experience
1: I thought it was good until I decided that I wanted to try out all the commands, but not the not the not the longhand version of the commands because that that would have worked yeah <laughs> but the the shorthand <laughs> version, right because with zipper you can do uh, instead of zipper install like you do with apt, you can do zipper in And so I go down the list of all these different things without looking, of course, right why would I read the manual before I do any of this stuff no. um, The one that got me was zipper remove now joe you had the right idea right off the bat but i'm coming from there's zipper in there's zipper ref for refresh and you know every every command has has the first couple of letters thrown in there so i'm like oh zipper remove zipper re yeah no that that is not how that works how'd that work out it didn't. It, it didn't. It was like, hey, man, uh, stop stop being wrong and do it right. And I was like, all right, fine. Fine. I'll do that. Leo's like, look at all these extra letters. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Ah, uh, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and dollars, so, uh, yeah, so, so I need to go in there and do like some kind of alias so I can do zipper re, because that's just how it feels like it should be in my head for some reason.
2: The correct answer, though, is zipper rm.
1: As it should be. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I'm pretty sure yeah. we,
0: we, we picked that up pretty quick.
1: But Leo's yeah, in denial. Yeah, everybody but me. That's like, no, okay. No. My brain was like, first letters, go. Yeah. I,
0: I still love that the update is zippered up. Zippered up. <laughs> zipped <Yeah. it> up. Zipped <laughs> up. I got it all zipped up. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yep. Uh, Kernel, as far as kernel goes, uh, 5.8.10 on Tumbleweed. If you are on Leap, at as of release on July, it was 5.3. Your display manager and all that's going to be because they have so many different distros. Just whatever you're in is what you're going to be in. And as far as the um, Xorg and Wayland situation, uh, they've been shipping Wayland as an option for quite a while on KDE um, and Xorg, of course. But it sounds like, from what I could read, they really have uh, working on a lot of development with Wayland, making sure that's going to be. And it sounds like the KDE team at large is is just working on. Um, In fact, I think Tumbleweed even said that uh, X was on KDE was just at feature freeze and they're just letting it get patched up, but they're not really doing anything further with XORG. Everything else is going to be on Wayland. So uh, the future is almost here, guys. How long has we been waiting on (laughs) Wayland? (laughs) (laughs) Got to start working on it though. Yeah. Got to do it sometime. So got to rip that bandaid off. All right. So OpenSUSE, we had it for an entire month. I want to say I have it on five systems so wow uh, Wow. i want to say i don't yeah every time i pulled up a new one i'm like well let me see how it works on old hardware how does it work on new hardware i got the new ryzen system well how does it work on here so but uh enough about me
2: i i didn't install it on five systems i only put it on one and i put it on my laptop pretty much the same one i've been testing everything on it's a dell i5 eight gig of ram it ran wonderful you know, I ran Plasma. Really liked it. I don't know. I can't say much bad about it. I had one little bug with. Uh, actually, it was with Zipper, and it was with the uh, tab autocomplete. Oh yeah, I remember. And it was this. a known bug too. Yep, yep. We, we found. I found a thing, and and there was a known bug. It was strange. The first time you try tab complete, it would weird out, and then you hit Control C and get out of it, and then it would work fine after that in the same terminal session. So, as long as you made it, you know, wig out on the on the first one, it held for the whole thing. Other than that, In I, I don't... Install fish.
0: Install fish. Install <laughs> fish. Yeah, so might worked. Was, uh, I didn't try fish. <laughs> fish.
2: I like fish. I uh, actually normally use uh, fish as my shell. Um, but, I, you know, it comes with bash, so I was trying it. I didn't really find a lot of issues. Uh, it did a ton of updates. Man, updates come left and right, all over the place. And uh, real current stuff? I don't know. Seemed good. Well, I was looking forward to installing this because, like I said, I
3: had fond memories of OpenSUSE way back. But then, you know, I mentioned when I was talking about it earlier that there was a time where I didn't like it. And there was a time where it was pretty bad as far, I mean, everything about it. Theming, just consistency, crashing, like There was a time uh, a few years back that I did try it, and that's what I ran into. So I was excited to try it. So I installed it, and the install went great because the last three times that I've tried to install OpenSUSE, I don't know if you guys uh, have any issues with the networking or did when you try to install it, but I had so many issues with the networking. And maybe it was because I didn't know what I was doing with it, but it was not... Simple, to just say when you went through the installer, you you had to pick, and I forget what they were. I think there was something called Wicked, or yep. or something like that. There For was wireless. a yeah, yeah. It was uh, you had to pick, and there were three times that I ended up with no internet connection oh, wow. on an OpenSUSE install. So this install went flawless. I didn't have to pick nothing. I don't know why. I don't know what they changed to do that, but it's great. It's awesome. I went into the system, had an internet connection, started my updates, and everything was actually pretty good. I was impressed. You know, I mentioned earlier about the polish of the way it used to be. I was really impressed with the KDE that they have. I I wanted to try KDE. I kind of have this love-hate relationship with it where sometimes it works great and sometimes it doesn't. The feel of it works great. Um, The problems I have are specific to KDE sometimes where maybe things don't work the way they should in in my hardware. So, for example, if I right-click on the mouse, I have to do it at least twice every time on a KDE system because it just does not recognize that first right-click. For whatever reason, I don't know why. You got to stop throwing
1: your mouse across the room,
3: man. Yes, yeah, save the mice. I can switch that to Pop I OS it and I never
1: have a problem. At it's all. that Apple mouse
0: you're trying to use. It only <laughs> has one. It's button. Only yeah. one yeah. button. It's yeah. only got yeah. one yeah. Yeah. button. It's only
1: got one. Surely you got to install some firmware for the it's like the magic, magic flick. mouse, dude. Yeah, I know. The magic, but the magic is it only has one <laughs> button. Um,
3: so getting back to this, that really I don't think is OpenSUSE's fault. OpenSUSE's fault. That's more of a KDE thing. But when you get to the welcome screen. It's not a welcome screen It's going to walk you through. You know, it's just not. It's one of those older type welcome screens where it's just basically giving you information. So when you click on the readme, it takes you to a, p- a page, and, it, and it, it actually explains it pretty well of what you need to do if you want, say, Google Chrome
1: or proprietary things like yeah. NVIDIA. That's the one link you need, yeah. and it'll take care of you. That, that yes. portal link for Tumbleweed gives you all the answers that you need. You just... You just have to click it.
3: Little now reading. I'm installing this on an AMD machine. Did you guys install this on an Nvidia machine at
2: all? I did
1: install my it on Nvidia. Yeah,
2: my laptop is Nvidia as well.
1: Yeah, you know better than to ask me that question, Rocco. I know. I was looking at the. I didn't. It, this is an AMD
3: machine, but I was looking at the install process for the for Nvidia. Kind of looked a little tedious. Don't, I mean, how did it go with you guys? Uh, it's fine. Yeah, it is
2: a little tedious. It's not. It's not that bad though. No. It's not Fedora tedious. No. No, it was not. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not Manjaro Pop OS easy, right. but it's not Fedora tedious. Yeah. It's, it was it, not bad. I
2: think if you follow the instructions and you follow the instructions, uh, you, you're okay. So
3: the next box for the welcome screen is documentation. And I think I have to say that OpenSUSE has some of the best documentation mm-hmm. out there. I mean, rivals or surpasses the Arch Wiki. In everything, it details out for you. You go there and there are links to everything from a startup guide, uh, a new gnome user guide, reference security, tuning and all these other ones. And man, that documentation is fantastic. So it gives you that for me, it gave me that feeling when I had years ago, when I first got into Linux to enjoy tinkering and learning about it. Man, I wish I had more time yes. to do that yes. and read those guides and tinker with the
1: system. But, man, it gives you that awesome feeling like that. Yeah. I, I, one of the things that, that – that's what struck me when I got to the portal. I was like, all right, what are the 700 things that I'm going to have to do to make this thing usable? But the portal was so well laid out. It, it – it, 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 you know it's a wiki underneath, or at least it's something similar to a right. wiki underneath, but it doesn't feel like a wiki when you're using it. No, it's just right. like, hey, you know what? I know you want to do this, so do this, and do this, and do yes. this. So, um, yeah, one of the things that I found out on that portal was I was updating it wrong multiple times. So don't use GNOME software? That's a thing. Really? Yeah. That that well, that's, that's it. Caught me off guard, man. Don't use Discover either. The, yep. the f- because with my distros, first thing I do is pop open GNOME software and click update. I mean, obviously, I went with the GNOME version, and I clicked update, and then uh, I'm like, all right, you know what I want to do? I want to watch something in Firefox, so I'm gonna have to surely I'm gonna have to get codecs, and so I go to the portal, and the and real big on top, it's like, don't update the way you updated. Whoops, <laughs> and um, I did a zipper up. As well, which is also a no-no. You don't do that. Uh, it's all zippered up. Zipper right. D-U-P. Got to be so, zipped up. Man. Yeah, Zip yeah you got to be. You got to be. Just, just <laughs> caught me off guard. But, you know, all that to say, the portal's fantastic. You just got to read it. Don't pull a me and just, you know, right. randomly do stuff. Read it.
2: We spent, yeah. yep. we spent a month with this, and I feel like I could spend another month still learning more. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Definitely.
0: So what about uh, YAS Control Center? I know we talked about YAS as far as like what it represents, but
1: just getting into Control Center, what did you guys think about that? You know that feeling you get when you go into KDE and you're like, hey, I'm looking for this one setting. You kinda, I, I kind of got that vibe where it was like, this does everything. All the things. Anything that you want to do, there's a button for it or a toggle for it in Yast, which is good. It's a good thing because the alternative is do it in the command line. Good luck. So that is a fantastic thing. But yeah, the very first time I opened it up, I was, uh, to say the least, a little overwhelmed. But I mean, how much time did it take me to figure out the command line versions of all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Yast is a a lifesaver.
2: You you knew where to go. You went into Yast. I mean, that's where it's at. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All that to say, yes, is great. Uh, it just was like whoa when I first saw it. Yeah, it's a lot to take in. Uh, it reminds me a little
0: bit of Mac OS as far as how it's laid out when you just look at it. I mean, it's. I think it's far more powerful and more. Oh, by a more, long More shot. knobs to turn. Yeah, uh, in there for sure. That's but it, it. They did take some time in breaking it down. You know, they've got software, hardware, system, network security. So it's not like all just scattered across the page. At least it is, you know, if you can find the section you want to be in, you, you're you're more than likely going to find what you're looking for. But, uh,
3: well, I tried the software in the store and, you know, like I was excited that there was a store and then not excited. Cause I, you know, maybe I'm a noob or something. I didn't know it wasn't working for me. So I would go to the store Pick a piece of software, and I would download the the little file you needed, and it would either open if I just clicked it; it would open in the web browser with all kinds of code in it. If I right clicked and saved it, it would download, and I would open that in Yes or whatever, and it would tell me that it was not possible for to install it. Are you talking about the Yump files? Yes, the. <laughs> YMP the yump yeah
1: I, I'm I'm gonna assume it's yump right it's it's gotta be yeah any any yeah. other any other thoughts on what yump how how you pronounce that
3: that works <laughs> I mean I don't know it's just it's yeah. just YMP dude okay.
1: that's all all right I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue saying yump though so it's either yump or it's yimp
3: well I got some help from Nate because you can't run Sousa and not get help from Cubicle Nate because right. he is the guy and we figured out that or i should say he figured out that i was an idiot and i was <laughs> downloading the wrong version of the software you got did because, you get the leap one because the leap is the first one that comes uh-huh. up and then you got to scroll down and go to it. other distributions and then say tumbleweed and then hey there it is and it worked perfectly so yeah i mean that but again that goes back to if I was going to suggest this, it would not be for a new user because there's so many things like that. But for somebody that likes to tinker and loves to play with the system, this is
0: a perfect thing. Yeah. It's for people who like to mess with computers. Uh, That's it.
1: Well, I mean, I kind of got that vibe as well where, I mean, You could certainly be welcome as a new user as long as you don't mind learning a little bit about what you're doing, but there seemed to me to be three separate major ways to install software, and that kind of got confusing after a little while because you've got Pac-Man. And if you go to the portal, it's like, you want all these codecs, you want all your stuff to run? Cool. Check out Pac-Man, and it'll tell you how to install it, and that's great. And then you have the OpenSUSE build service, which Mm -hmm. I realized was... Kind of like a PPA in yeah. that this is where other folks just drop their software, they'll compile it for you, and all of this stuff. And and the the greatest thing about this is that it's not confined to SUSE. The Open right. SUSE build service is it's meant the for open everybody. Build yeah, open there's build Debian open build packages, service. not and Open a, SUSE. Right. Open oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's it's all the different distributions out there. There's probably whatever it is you're looking for, it's it's there. And then, as Rocco was talking about, there are the Yump files uh, where <laughs> I was able to get uh, – what was I looking for with Yump? It was Android tools. Um, Android – so uh, – Everybody but Ubuntu, apparently, calls it Android tools. Maybe I'm just installing the wrong thing in Ubuntu. I don't know. But I'm getting ADB. All I want is ADB. ADB, yeah. uh, So in, in OpenSUSE, it's Android tools as well, just as it was in Fedora. I install that thing, but you had to do it through the Yump file. And the, so those just remind me of MSIs in Windows, where yep. it's like it's just the installer and it does all the stuff for you. Uh, that, was, that was really cool. But you know, just having to remember those. Like where did I get these codecs? Was it from? Did I download a Yelp file? Did I? Was it just built right. in? What was the deal? Was it in Pac Man? And yeah, that that kind of got confusing after a little while.
2: Well, on on top of that, you can install flat packs and snaps. Yes.
1: So yeah,
2: there is sky's the limit on ways <laughs> right. to install software here. I mean, and
3: that's a great it is. thing. It, it is. really is. It's just a lot for somebody that's not ready for it's it. It's drinking you know? from you the fire
0: Yeah. Yeah. You got. You do have to set those up as well. You the do. And you do. Snap. Mm-hmm.
2: But it, it's relatively straightforward. You follow the instructions on FlatHub, or if you yep. follow the instructions on, you know, the Snapcraft uh, website, you
0: follow those instructions. Easy.
1: Yeah, Snap seemed to be a little
0: more involved. It was a little to more involved. Installed. Did you go all the way through the Hello World installation?
1: No, Come no, no. Like you, had to get, you had to do something <laughs> funny with Snapper and I had to go through a few more hoops. You had to add Flatpak. a repo. It, there was a repo, yeah. I think. Yeah, you had. it was a Pac-Man repo. Yeah, yes, It's a Snapper it Pac-Man repo. I think that's what yep. it was. And uh, with Flatpak, Flatpak is already installed by default, so all you had to do is really just add FlatHub right. and you're able to get uh, a hold of all of that. I know all of this because I tried to install Slack uh, through every... every main way I could figure and then eventually just installed it via flatpak after all because yeah. uh yeah the OBS did not do uh did not have what I wanted the only thing it's missing as far as installation goes
0: is I found myself wanting the AUR really why <laughs> well for it to be rolling I wanted that well I tell you what I wanted the simplicity of I love the way Manjaro does it where it's in one software uh, screen, you add your Snap, your pack, yep. your AUR, and nice. your repo. And I just go, hey, I want Slack. And it's like, here, there's three options for Slack. One's a pack, one's a Snap, and one's a AUR. I, I found myself missing some of that kind of, and, I, and that's not just the AUR, but I think that's just more of an arch thing. Um, but I would have liked to have a little bit more of continuity. Yeah. I think they're on to a lot of good things. I, I like the idea. Uh, they're kind of mimicking Snap and FlatHub as far as, uh, "Oh, hey, let's just have a website with our with our software packages, mm-hmm. and you just click the yeah. install." And like, I think that's really cool if they can get it, uh, you know, working really smoothly so that Ray Rocco knows uh, which uh, one to install. Uh, but again, very funny, right? Not for not for a new user. Yep, but uh, it's not so publicized. I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely liked what they did here this has made me fall in love with KDE again. This will be like, I, I can't believe how beautiful, I don't know what they've done differently. nice. But I have thoroughly loved KDE on, and you guys know how much Gnome, I, yeah. I, I spend my life in Gnome. I love Gnome. I, this was the, by bar none, the best KDE experience I've ever had. So, The one thing I would have liked to seen
3: is them have a open Sousa dark theme.
0: Uh, you can yeah. put breeze on yep,
3: breeze dark like breeze but, dark. Uh, yeah. And they have an open Susa theme, but it would be nice if they had an open Susa dark theme. Yep.
0: They did have some, uh, com- community members, obviously that are only on open Susa, uh, had put some themes in for KDE that I, f- I could not find in Manjaro. Um, and I found one in here and I thought, Oh, this is amazing. I set it all up and then I went to my Manjaro and I was going to put it on and nope, wasn't, wasn't available. So, uh, that that's kind of a differentiator, yeah. but yeah, if they had a better dark theme out of the box would be cool.
1: How excited you were about that really made me kind of jealous that I went with GNOME on this one, <laughs> because I love KDE, I, I love yeah. Plasma, I I just I just like the way it feels, and then the blur is a nice touch whenever you can get that you know smattered all over the place. And yeah, and I'm just tell you on my laptop with the with the 4K screen, this is as
0: pretty as I've seen this screen. Like I don't know. What's going on here? Well, that's cool. <laughs> it looks it looks like just just butter. Like I mean, I, it just is amazing. Like a lot, just beautiful. Mm.
2: Well, speaking of butter, you you bring yeah. bring that up, and yeah, oh. I like butter on my toast. Oh, oh, butter! How about in yeah. your file system? uh Love butter yeah. in my file system. So that's another I, thing I think that really sets OpenSUSE apart is ButterFS and their implementation. That is well, they're the only ones. I mean, I think Fedora is going to get there maybe, but they're not there now. And one nice thing, like, we didn't have problems when we updated, but it takes a system snapshot, you know, when it does an update. So if one of those. You mean a backup, Dan? Well,
0: who in does a way, that? Nobody does yeah. that. Yeah.
2: I mean, that would have been useful for Joe. It might have. This past well, week. I don't think it would have saved him. I there. don't
0: know how how well they do because I still <laughs> think that snapshots on the drive I blew yeah. out. Yeah. So. If you erase the <laughs> whole drive, you're probably done. However, yeah, if because actually, Pop had some backup kernels. You know, I could have loaded too. But yeah, no, it's all all gone. Yeah. Thanks for ripping that band okay. off again and pouring salt. On you're welcome. It. Thanks. Anytime, Joe. But that won't be the
2: last time if your update goes bad. You can roll back, and Yast will help you out here because there's tools for that built into Yast. I, I didn't. Did you go through that at all? I didn't go through it. I did look at my snapshots, and I could see the changes that it had made, and it it kept track of all of that. It was
1: really interesting. And that that's actually one thing that I don't know that we mentioned earlier on was that. Doing doing updates in OpenSUSE Tumbleweed is kind of different than you do in any other rolling release. It's not update this package, that package, that package. Well, I guess it kind of is, but... It, it's a conglomeration of mm, all of Delta. the bits that constitute this particular snapshot that we rolled this week. Right, and you you that's that's why you do zipper dup instead of zipper up or some other way of installing software because they package it all up for you, test it, and then give you the whole thing. Right, not not little bits and pieces of it, the whole thing. And I think that's actually a really good way to do a rolling distro. And until this most recent snapshot, I did not have any issues whatsoever. Um, and none of the issues that I had in this current snapshot, uh, which would be 2020, September 25, um, none of those issues showed up before, but there were, it was easy to work around them. So once I got onto that snapshot, if I logged into GNOME on Wayland, Telegram would not launch. Uh, I got a few errors when I launched it through terminal, so I know something was was broken. It actually it actually explicitly said, "Is X gone or is uh, I can't find X or something like that." It, it explicitly invoked X, and I was like, "Oh." That's weird. And in Firefox, if I ever tried to go to Gmail, give it about five seconds, and it was like, this tab crashed. Mm. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so um, lucky for lucky for me, the XORG version of OpenSUSE is there. So logged out, logged into that. Um, everything worked okay. So I, some weird issue with Wayland. And I literally did this upgrade a couple hours before sitting down to record this. So uh, yeah, that was fun.
3: That actually reminds me of one of the things about KDE that I prefer n- known with is the fact that you got to log out for every change that you make. Anything for window management or graphics or H- high DPI or anything, it's got to log out and log back in where, you know, uh, I don't know if that's necessary or it should be in 2020. Yeah.
0: I'm just saying. It's true. Well, I mean, they it it's got to be something with there i mean i i've i've long cried my issues with installing gnome i mean kde on a 4k screen mm-hmm. you need a magnifying glass to find so you can change the settings whereas the gnome one or cinnamon or XFC, they just they're like oh hey guess what you have a 4k screen boom we need yeah. to change your aspect you know right. r- ratio and everything kde is like nah <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> nah, can't you know, see that's, it. <laughs> who needs that you You've got eyes, right? Just, just look. Right.
3: Squint. But uh, the only th- other thing I want to say about, uh, and you guys mentioned it earlier, was about not using, Leo, you said not using GNOME software. And I mentioned about not using Discover, where, I mean, I just had it just right before the show where I did an update. It was just one package. And of course, it aired out in oh. Discover. <laughs> yeah. you Because know, I kept trying it to make to see if it was going to work. And, no it just kept erroring out and discover and then i just went in and just did it via command line and it was fine so that is gonna, one thing if you're going to use it use the command line for updating yeah. don't use the
0: yeah GUI. it would it would be nice if like manjaro they, they just just get, just just pull software center and discover out of there there's, there's no reason to even have them in there they they're not accomplishing anything you're not going to install anything with them you're not going to update anything it's just going to break stuff like just pull it out
3: Well, see, that's the thing for software to me. I think I don't have a problem with it being in there. It's the updates that never seem to go right. Like for software, it's it seems to be okay sometimes. And it's getting better and better and better as time goes on, because it was terrible when it first came out. It's just it's getting better. It's just, man, don't use it for updates. I didn't use it once. And I would be perfectly fine it with it not being in there yeah, too, just I like you it. said. I, I, I will say
1: it. the reason that I used GNOME software for updates the very first time was because it literally said, hey, you have updates. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go update. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let me sure. just go click, 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 update, That's exactly update, update. what Discover yeah, said, Well, dude. Plasma yeah. has a little so,
2: thing and you click on it and it takes you to Discover. I ignored which, it. Yeah. I ignored well, all he, that.
1: It, but, but I think that's to Joe's point. Yep. I mean- that's Don't misleading. That. Yeah. And, and if you're not, if you're not meant to do that, it definitely should not tell you to do that. Right. Um, and the other thing that, that I ran into with that, uh, you know, regardless of how I did my updates, no matter what I did, once I rebooted, it told me, hey, your updates failed. And I'm like, oh, that the first time I saw that, I freaked out. I was like, oh, no. Well, hopefully the snapshot works. But um, <laughs> yeah, and it turns out that I think it's just tripping over itself when it tries to log on to Wi-Fi, it checks before the Wi-Fi is enabled. Oh, yeah. So it's so it's just like, hey, I couldn't get to the internet, but that's really all it was saying once I dug into it. But scary message didn't yeah. really mean much.
0: Yeah. Also, uh, whoever uh, uh, K-Wallet can go jump off a cliff. Right? Yeah. like You ain't just, lying. Just like the most annoying ever. Just... Disable that jump, <laughs> or figure out how to make it n- not the most annoying, nagging piece of software ever. Joe, it
3: has always, always been that way. Always. Why? Always.
1: Is, <laughs> this, is this like the, the Gnome Wallet thing where as long as you log in to your session, it won't ask you. But if you don't log in, if it just like auto logs in yes. for you, then it's just going to oh. everything you do. It's oh, like, hey, yes. K wallet, K
0: wallet. So how uh, do I get out of the auto login? Oh, I don't know. I try. I've gone to my username and tried to. Uh, yeah, I I changed it. It's not set to auto log in, but I auto log in every time, and that then I've got to do K Wallet, and I'm like, ah,
1: K Wallet. So if, you, so if you can figure that out, K Wallet will leave you alone.
0: Yeah, I, I think. I'm yes. Pod, so what, just,
3: what I did was I ended up putting. Nothing in the password. I set it up. I set up K Wallet and put in nothing as the password. It let you? What? Yeah, it let
1: Super me. Oh, so you can just password. smack enter whenever it pops up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
0: High score. Yep. <laughs> Boom. All right, guys, we have talked about this one for quite some time. What are your final thoughts on OpenSUSE Tumbleweed?
2: Uh, very solid. Uh For a rolling distribution, uh, it's great, but it's a tinkerer's delight.
1: I'm going to agree there. It's, it's if you like to tinker, if you like to plug things in and mess around, it is a fantastic distribution to to hang your hat on. It, I, I would put it on par with, um, not y'all's experience, but my experience with Fedora, which has been fantastic. How dare it, it's, you? It's great. How dare you? Fedora is still you. good. Oh, God. Well, I can tell you that
3: I was not disappointed in trying it. And that was a good thing because in the recent experiences with it, I was very disappointed with it. It is going to stay on this test machine because Ooh. it. I'm telling you, it. Ha- I don't have a lot of time right now, but it brings back those memories, them feelings. that It invokes in you that when you first came to Linux that you can mess around with something. And with the super documentation that they have, it's
1: awesome. You heard it here first, folks. Rocco's going to be doing his plasma videos again. I don't
3: know about that, but uh,
0: it's definitely going to be staying on this machine. Very good, very good. Well, um, this has rekindled my love for KDE. I absolutely had the experience on OpenSUSE Tumbleweed that I thought I was going to have on Fedora. And I was so hurt with Fedora. Like, it just was a... Just a train wreck from the beginning. This has been nothing but pleasant. I've been on it a month. I've been on a rolling release for a month. Had not one package break. Everything just just happens. It seems to work. I'm maybe rose-colored glasses. Maybe a month is too short. We'll have to (laughs) talk to Nate. There's a reason Nate's over there. So and and he has been open Sousa for like he is there. Uh, representative, I feel like I hope they're paying him something, but um, they're not, but he's yeah, that they, kind of guy, yeah. <laughs> they need to be paying him something. He is, uh, yeah. yeah, amazing to reach out for when it comes to it, but yeah, I this will be staying on my laptop. I it may end up on my production machine if I mean, I'm I'm really, really toying oh, with it. Yeah, I'm really toying cool. with it. it. It, I really have enjoyed this month. Nice. I, I can't express it enough so. And I, that is a shocker. It's not what I expected. I've tried OpenSUSE in the past, and it was not this. So, yeah, keeping it. Nice.
2: Housekeeping! We get you
3: fresh towels. Do we have to do this every time? Every show? I don't think so.
2: But maybe. <laughs> but maybe. All right. The Linux community has some fantastic members, and we want to make sure to highlight that. In our podcast showcase for this episode, We have tabs, not spaces. We had some discussion about including this podcast, and the only person that really opposed it was Joe. And, uh... Of course. Why why would he want this podcast? What do you mean What I opposed it? Uh, Ah, you you said, no, absolutely not, never, ever. And, uh, the reason, uh, you know, he did want me to point out that it is a computer-generated voice that is reading the text, but I'll say I, I still think it's a great, uh, podcast, and it's a great addition to uh the Linux podcast
1: space. But it, is, but it is a good voice. Like, oh, very good. It, it, it doesn't is. sound. It doesn't sound automated or robotic. Well, you can a catch it then, but You could know, well, catch
3: it, but it's here. The is best your one Linux news for
0: Tuesday, it, the twenty
3: third of August? Not
2: that
0: bad. we want to tell you, the Linux Foundation has no money. Nope. It was
2: the cadence <laughs> on it was very good, and it felt natural the way it read. Firefox
0: is laid off 746,000 employees today. (laughs) Another hundred tomorrow. Don't listen to Joe. They have no money. Google will be sending them more money so they can support them. Good day.
3: (laughs) Dan, I had never heard of this podcast before, I'll be honest. And I listened to it this week and I thought it was fantastic. Gave you some great news about what I'm concerned about, which is Linux. Linux. And you know, without you know, Linux headlines, you yeah. know, it's kind of like that's a sore spot. There's nothing there really that gives you a short, concise, except for Leo.
1: Uh, uh,
3: full circle. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> full
1: circle. There's a there's a weekly one that comes out over there. Yeah. <clears throat> you can check out <clears throat> if you want. It to...
3: But it it fills a space that's needed, and I, I, I think so. it. I think it was awesome, and it's. It's gonna stay on my podcast list.
1: It's a podcast for robots. It's not that bad. <laughs> not that bad. That voice. It's not okay. So it, the it voice really is. is really,
3: really
0: good. You can still tell. You can still tell it's computer generated, but it's really good. So is it like Rosie the Robot good, or is it like Siri, Alexa good? I think it's
1: kind of just better set off everybody's phone. Yeah, I, it, was to I was be gonna say yeah. it, it's top notch, man. I, I mean, so. it if, really if, is. If, If you're zoning out while you're listening to these things, if you're not really listening to like audio quality and cadence and everything, you you won't catch it. You won't notice that that it's a robot. Dude, if you didn't tell me before we listened
3: to it that it was a computer generated podcast, I probably would not have known. Yeah, Um, you know, maybe maybe I would have caught it, and maybe I wouldn't have.
0: Yeah. Okay, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. You really should try. Yeah, you really should. I need Uh, another podcast. I'm it's excellent kidding. hey they're short dude they're I, short. I do miss I do miss uh, the daily show so that uh, this will fill that in. yeah so yep.
2: you know six seven minutes right around there twice a week good stuff awesome if you like what you hear on this show please consider sponsoring us on Patreon head on over to patreon.com slash linux userspace that's patreon.com forward slash linux userspace all one word please follow us on Twitter at at linux userspace to get all the latest announcements for this show and highlights for things that impact your user space. You'll find crazy 3D pinball challenges among other good fun, too.
1: What, 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 what's the high score on that? That's that's 3 million?
2: Yeah, I think mm, that might have been Dolphin. I mean. Of course.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, Dolphin came in and killed us yeah, all. Yeah, he oh, did. No.
1: Okay, all right. The bar has been set. Let's throw down now.
2: We also have our growing Telegram group please join us at linuxuserspace.show slash telegram to continue the conversation. And I've got to say, this is one of my highlights um, daily because I read all the messages there and I try to
0: interact with everybody. That's a shock, Dan. Yeah, no, it's... That's a shock that you read every message. Dan reads all the
1: messages (laughs) every day. (laughs) Wait a minute, wait a minute. Dan's been a robot voice this whole time? You know it. (laughs) It's so real and lifelike.
2: Lastly, don't forget to rate this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast application and like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. You can always get more information at our website, LinuxUserspace.show.
1: This is App Focus, where we focus on the app. And in this episode, we're going to focus on something that has been driving this show every single episode from the very beginning, and that's Audacity. So, what is Audacity? This is the Swiss army knife of audio production. Until you utter the words, master a track, Audacity is going to be perfect for you. (laughs) Besides recording your audio, it'll apply noise reduction, it'll do compression, it'll remove your silence, it'll apply equalizer. Just about anything a podcaster, wink wink, would want, out of the box, and importantly, even more important than the other stuff, it's also FOSS, free and open source software. So, I mean, if you're a podcaster and you're making money, you might want to throw them a little bit of change. They... Are fantastic I've, I've been using it on the mint cast i've been using it here i use it to record and edit full circle weekly news it's been a tool in my wheelhouse for th- the day i started doing any kind of audio production
2: yeah absolutely i've been using this oh, i can't even a long time a very long time and it's it's Typically, my go-to when I just need to record something real quick and just want to get a you know simple one-track recording or even a stereo track recording, uh, it's it's my go-to.
3: Well, there are other programs that I use, but this has to be the best overall audio program for any Linux distribution. There are other more advanced programs. You know, you could mention our door. and once you get like you said, you know, once you're there master a track and you're you're into this if you're an audio geek, you're going to want something that has uh, more features to it or maybe different features. Like for example, Audacity's effects that they apply are I guess destructive, if you would say it like that, where oh, they, they get yeah. applied and then you have to actually remove them where other programs just apply them live. So there are things that it that you could do better in other programs. But this program does everything anyone needs, really, on a on a situation where they need audio. And yeah. for example, recording this these tracks that we do does everything you need in a simple way. I don't see how we could live without it.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's great. And uh, even a um, software audio noob like myself. Um, except I know, for today. Oh, yeah. 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 Except for today. But I, again, that was a repo versus snap versus flat pack issue, I think. But um, uh, audio hardware, I know pretty well, but software, not my thing. Hasn't been for a long time, even though that's where we're at now. So Audacity makes it easy for me. Um, and I think we failed to mention when we had Stewart on, we were talking about, hey, what are the, the the native Linux apps that are just great? And I think we failed to mention Audacity. Yep. Um, right. And I don't know how we missed that one, but it's, that it's,
1: it's because it's so good you don't think about it.
2: Right. It is cross platform. Yeah. You can find it on other platforms as well, but it runs super well on Linux. It feels like a Linux first sort of mentality.
1: I mean it it, it really does cuz I've I've done I've tried to edit uh, a whole entire mintcast on windows in audacity um unless it got better uh, I don't want to do that again right. um it was just <laughs> it was slow it just uh, it it didn't feel native I mean but there you know there are a million other apps that you can use on windows so I mean certainly you could just jump on one of those but the fact that it's it's in every repo it's always up to date if you go with the flatpak or snap version of it It's just there and it's just good. And I will say about this app that I did not realize that you could add more to it. So I thought, so you click on effects and then this whole long list comes down and you can do a gajillion and one things with all of your audio. Uh, I was talking to um, one of the people on the Mintcast and we were talking about noise gates and there's not one in Audacity, not by default. And... Let, let me just explain this to you. When you click effects, the very first option in the list is add plugin. Yep. I don't know how I missed it. Years, dude. <laughs> you went Years. right by it, dude. <laughs> All the time. You know why? Because the instructions I had before I ever knew how to use Audacity, how to edit with Audacity was... Go to effects, go to compressor, and so I just didn't even do my normal explore all the options thing, and was like, I gotta get this show out. So you know, click, 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 click. Yeah, just it did never dawned on me you could add stuff. And then we were talking about the noise gate, and uh, he was like, here, you just you just go get the noise gate thing, and you know, this is how you install it. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just blew my mind. I mean, he, he was a—he uh, was an audio editor. Uh, this is Owen, by the way, our, our um, editor now on the Mintcast. Uh, he was an audio editor in a previous life. And so he brought a lot of knowledge. And like, he, he's really dropped a lot of knowledge on me. And I was like, I didn't even know Audacity could do this. I didn't know you could do this. So, I mean, outside of the fact that out of the box, it is a fantastic tool, you can add more to it. My only gripe. And that's what, what Rocco was talking about before is that when you apply something to it, you apply something to it, (laughs) it, it will write it to disc. So my, so my real gripe is that anytime you apply something to an Audacity track, it writes it to disc, which means that if you're doing it on a hard drive versus an SSD, the hard drive is really going to slow things down. Um, And, and you're going to excessively write to your SSD. So, you know, just be aware of those things, but yeah, just, it's so good of an app that it, it, it is one of my, you got to install it every single, every single Linux distribution you install, got to have Audacity.
3: For this podcast, I edit the audio in DaVinci Resolve, but I still pull it out of DaVinci Resolve and still put it in all Audacity to use certain effects just because they work better. Really? then DaVinci Resolve
0: just saying. wow but we also all record in audacity yep. so that's yeah well three of us yeah
1: do. except yeah
0: dan, dan three dan, of us dan, oh, okay. dan likes dan likes 12 gig audio yeah. files so well, you he, know. he records in I still use audacity else. a lot, but I, it's I
1: don't it's don't PCM 128 it bit something yeah. something <laughs> something
0: there's a lot of zeros and <laughs> Hertz there's a lot it. of gigabytes there too right <laughs> Sounds <laughs> so good though. My
1: Google Drive
0: storage is filling up, Joe. What are you going to do about it? I don't know. Stop recording in HD surround sound, fifteen point seven channel audio, Dan. How about that? Let's try a
1: mono track to update. Uh, <laughs> well, you know. Well, I don't guess I got to ask if we're going to use it. Uh, I'm going to continue to use it for sure. We're definitely using, yeah. it. yeah, yeah. It's it's top three, four download
0: new distro app. Like, boom, boom, boom. I mean, it's, yeah. Not going anywhere. It's a great program. It's awesome.
3: Next time
0: on Linux User Space,
3: our distro of the month is going to be Deepin. Based on what, Leo?
1: Debian 10. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Debian 10? This has got, what, kernel 1? No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> kernel three, yes, no, three dot seven five two. Kernel five dot four. Uh, so that's the long term support kernel. Or you can choose to install five dot seven during the install. Or so I'm told. That's what the page said anyway.
3: So this is not the Ubuntu Deepin U- UDD or whatever it was that we tried. This is actual Deepin based on Debian, and that is our distro of the month. That's what we're going to be trying. And we would love all of you to follow along with us and check out deep in as well. You know, you can always join that telegram group that Dan reads every week. And, you know, I think we all read it, but we always give Dan a hard time about it. But uh, you can communicate with us. You can talk about your issues. Maybe we can work through them together. And that would be awesome. So with us trying out deep in for this month, that means our next show will not be a distro because we'll be trying deep in for the whole month it'll be topic based and we have a few topics planned for you guys that we will talk about and they i won't say them now but they will all affect the linux user space
1: Thank you everybody for listening, for your support, and especially those of you that followed us along on our OpenSUSE Tumbleweed journey. For us, where can we find you fine folks? I'm at KC2BEZ. I'm at Big Daddy Linux. I'm at Jojo underscore Fet. And I'm at Leo Chavez. Join us in two weeks when we return to the Linux user space.
0: Leo, that was perfecto. Leo, oh. Chavez.
3: Chala, <laughs> Chala, <laughs> <laughs> Yes.
0: <laughs> if we could only have uh, like some, some money jingle when you did this. Oh, that would sh- be like great. For oh, there you go. Ooh, that would be so great. awesome. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> how did I start this out before? <laughs> I don't remember how I started it out last come time. Come one, come all. Hello.
0: Uh, I mean did I just start it out next time yeah, I think on coming up next
2: next, next
3: time
0: episode. on Linux user space for this month yeah. we will use oh Deepin. My all right number five is alive what are beans <laughs> what are beans stop it
1: <laughs> what are beans yeah it, it it would kind of be like a call-in kind of thing you know like on a radio show yeah. where you are like all right caller what do you yep. think? And then first time, long time, dude. I'm so excited <laughs> for the show. Like I've Germany, been, not I've, California.
0: I've been, man, I've been on hold. Did I win the tickets? Did I win the tickets? No, you're calling 99.
3: We're looking 41. for caller 100. Bye. No, but I thought we were doing it now in the front because we didn't talk about the banter stuff. Oh, oh. you're right. You remember, like our, yeah, what we're going to yeah. talk about is sousa and Audacity, right? This is why Rock was
0: here. Gosh,
1: because we don't know what we're doing.
3: <laughs> yes, he is our leader. Okay, Hit it, Leo. That, well,
1: that's why it's Rocco's podcast. You're right. well, of mean,
3: course. Of course it is.
0: <laughs>
1: it's Rocco's podcast.
0: I mean.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Just was ask well
0: anybody not involved. They <laughs> will tell you it's Rocco. Rocco's. <laughs> it's Rocco's podcast. You know it. Perfect. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that, Sorry, I, Joe. I'll tell you,
0: I've never been so embarrassed in my life. That was I'm, like, the, I just couldn't believe it. I could, could not believe it.
1: I can't tweet out this next episode without the blame Joe hashtag. No. You oh, no. I'm telling <laughs> you. you. Sorry, to. man. It's, it's going to happen, yeah. man. Oh, this is good. At least
0: it's me blaming me. Like, yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> when, well, when we're not going to blame you, too. When I get a random message uh, during Biddle on Slack that's like, <laughs> if Joe was here, we, we could have well. got through this. And it's like, blame Joe. I'm like, I, I'm not even there.
1: <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> the reach is far, man. The reach is far.